Hello, I'm Molly and this is Care Experts, brought to you by Care Credit and Pets Best. Together, the Care Credit credit card and Pets Best pet health insurance provide all the financial tools that can help you be the best pet parent you can be. Today, we are here in Oakland, California with Dr. Ayele Okine. Dr. Okine is a board-certified veterinary internist and is the founder of a mobile veterinary practice that provides ultrasound services for animal hospitals in the Bay Area. Today we will be talking about dog diet and digestion troubleshooting. So Dr. Okine, tell us, what can we feed them and what can we not feed them? We all wanna give our dogs that special treat, that extra table scrap. Um, what are the things we should stay away from and what is okay to give our dogs? So it really depends on the dog, him or herself. We do see a lot of dogs and cats that have a lot of digestion issues and food allergies. So those are pets that you really want to just stick to what they're normally eating and not really deviate much from that. For kind of the average dog that's in the kitchen drooling, really excited, um, you know, you really want to be careful about anything that's too rich. So things like bacon or really yummy steak with the marbling, you know, that's really stuff you should avoid because the fat actually we know can stimulate the pancreas and lead to inflammation which can be life-threatening. So you really want to avoid those really rich, fatty meats. Lean meats like chicken or turkey usually are gonna be okay, and sticking with more of the chicken or turkey breast is really gonna be best. And then things like fruits or vegetables. So berries would be fine, bananas, apples, carrots, green beans, those things would be fine. But again, everything in moderation. So you don't want to offer so much of those foods that they're not really eating their normal foods. And also be careful about pouring like the grease on top of their food because that... I was going <laughs> to yeah. ask about that because you know it's a common practice. People save their bacon grease, exactly. let it cool, pour it on the dog food. So that's a no-go no for you? I would avoid it because again, all that fat can cause pancreatic issues and also issues for the gut itself. Okay. So I would avoid that. You know, there's so much fear and anxiety around dogs eating chocolate, a dog who's grabbed the family birthday cake or a chocolate bar off the counter. Um, when should we be nervous and when should we take our dog into the vet when they've ingested chocolate? And what is it? what does chocolate do to our dogs that's so bad for them? Yeah, so chocolate actually has a caffeine derivative called theobromine in it, and that's what's actually so toxic. So it acts as a stimulant. Um, so all the things you think about with coffee is toxic for them. Um, the darker the chocolate and kind of more rich it is, the more likely we are to have issues. So things like um, uh, raw cocoa powder would be bad versus like white chocolate, which really has no actual chocolate in it, would be okay. Um, so if you're concerned, I'd say call your vet. Um, they can always kind of talk you through it or put you in touch with some of the um, pet uh, toxicity hotlines that you can call and get information. But really the darker it is, depending on your pet size, that's where it could be you know, more of an issue. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. So the best scenario, it sounds like, would be to call your vet right away, explain what it was that they ate. Exactly. Um, why do dogs eat grass and when should we be concerned about it? 
No one really knows why they eat grass, to be honest. Um, usually what I look for, what I ask my clients about is what else is going on at the time. So if they're eating grass and they're otherwise fine and playing and just seem like they like to taste what's out in the yard, I'm not as concerned about that. If they're eating grass and you're noticing that they're vomiting afterwards or they're drooling or vice versa, or maybe they vomit then go out and, and try to eat grass, I'm more concerned about that because I worry that they are having digestive issues and that they're trying to self-soothe or self um, you know, kind of calm down their stomach. So in that situation, I'd be more concerned that not so much that the grass is the issue, but that that's a sign of a larger problem that needs to be evaluated. We'll be back with more care experts after this brief message from Care Credit. Thanks to Care Credit, I can take care of my best friend. Thanks to Care Credit, I can smile again. Thanks to Care Credit, I can be confident. Thanks to Care Credit, I can prepare for veterinary care. I can take care of myself again. I can be myself again. I can plan for Cooper's care. I can take care of my pug family. I can. I can. I can. I can have peace of mind. Welcome back to Care Experts. Let's continue our discussion with Dr. Okine. Next uh, question for you, because I love to give my dogs something to chew on. Um, if I know I'm gonna be working from home for a little bit, is it okay to give our dogs bones? And what would be the situations it's not okay? Also, uh, what types of bones are okay? I've, you know, I've heard maybe not, not pork bones, but beef bones are okay, but I don't really know which bones are okay or not okay. Do you have any suggestions on that? I do, so I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of bones because I tend to see pets that have ingested bones that are causing a problem. Mm. So bones can get stuck on teeth, they can get stuck in the back of the throat, they can get stuck in the esophagus mm. and the gastrointestinal tract. So when I'm seeing bones, it's always a problem. So I'm a little bit skewed as far as my perception of if they're safe or not. So I tend to recommend not giving any bones at all because I just worry that a lot of dogs aren't used to having them or if they're in situations with other pets, sometimes they'll gobble these things down and not um, you know, chew on them safely. They'll actually ingest them. So Dr. Okine, if my dog is exhibiting symptoms that I don't understand, how would I know if they've ingested something toxic? So in that situation, I wouldn't call one of the hotlines because they're gonna wanna know what your pet got into and to know if that's toxic or not. If you're not sure, the best thing to do is to go and see your primary veterinarian or one of the emergency clinics. Things always tend to happen nights and weekends, so it might be an always. emergency clinic. <laughs> but that way they can evaluate your pet with a thorough physical exam. They can do blood work. They can do x-rays or even an ultrasound of the belly to look and try to figure out you know, what all the clues mean. And that can help kind of work backwards as far as what the pet might have gotten into if they could have ingested something toxic or maybe even ingested a foreign body. So it's probably best in those scenarios where you're not sure to go to a vet and really put all the, the diagnostics and clues together. Okay, so if my dog is vomiting, and um, I know vomiting, there can be many reasons why your dog starts vomiting. When do I need to take my dog into the vet? How do I know when it's serious? Um, is it length of time my dog is vomiting? Is it what they're vomiting up? Uh, what do you think? 
all of those things together can help really determine if your pet needs to go in. So it's not so much one thing or another, it's kind of how all of the signs and symptoms fit together. So one episode of vomiting, if it doesn't have any foreign material in it, your pet's otherwise acting fine, I wouldn't be too, too concerned. Again, I'd put together, is it seeming like it's happening on a regular basis where maybe it's one this week, one last week, um, that might be a situation where you do need to have your pet evaluated. But one episode of vomiting, if your pet otherwise is eating and drinking, still seems happy, not too concerned, but keep note and keep track of that. If your pet's vomiting even once and they don't wanna eat or drink, if they seem really lethargic, if they can't settle down, that would be a situation where I'd at least call the vet, but most likely they're gonna have you come in and, and get evaluated so that way they can figure out if it's a sign of something more serious. I'd love to ask you just one more question. I know it's something that not a lot of people know a ton about, but it is pretty common in dogs, which is for the bigger breeds, bloat. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that is and how to avoid it? Yeah. So bloat, unfortunately, is not uncommon. We tend to see it more in the deep-chested dogs. So, um, you know, the really big labs or Great Danes or Weimaraners, those tend to be the breeds that we see it in. But again, it can happen in, in any breed. Um, but again, mostly the deep-chested dogs. We don't quite know why it happens in some dogs and not others, but essentially what happens is the stomach gets really distended with gas and it actually flips on its axis. Mm. And so what happens in that scenario is the stomach continues to fill with gas, but nothing can go in and nothing can go out. And then that, uh, that distension of the stomach, because it takes up so much room in the belly, it actually impedes blood flow back to the heart. And so these pets can get really, really sick very quickly. So if your pet all of a sudden starts non-productive retching where they seem like they're gonna vomit but nothing comes up and they're just kind of dry heaving, that's a, a classic symptom of bloat. It's something that we can really see with that. Some pets you'll be able to see that their belly looks really distended, but a lot of dogs, because the stomach's under the rib cage, you don't see anything. So if your dog really is non-productive, retching, not comfortable, can't settle, you know, that would be a situation where that's an emergency, you need to go to the vet and get an x-ray to, to try to diagnose it. Well, I thank you so much because this is all information that can be life-changing for an animal and an owner. So we really Absolutely. appreciate um, talking all things digestion and My troubleshooting pleasure. and diet. Thank you so much, Dr. Okine. My pleasure, thank you for having me. Thanks for watching. All of our featured care experts recommend and accept the Care Credit credit card, which is accepted at hundreds of thousands of provider locations nationwide. And Pets Best offers comprehensive pet insurance plans that can cover up to 90% of your pet's unexpected eligible veterinary expenses. Together, Pets Best and the Care Credit credit card allow you to have a lifetime of care for your four-legged family member. Visit carecredit.com for more information. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week.
This content is subject to change without notice and offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual advisors with respect to any information presented. Synchrony and any of its affiliates, including Care Credit, collectively Synchrony, makes no representations or warranties regarding this content and accepts no liability for loss or harm arising from the use of information provided. All statements and opinions in Care Experts with Care Credit are the sole opinions of the guest. Your receipt of this material constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.